0: Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. We are going to be reading through Acts chapter 8. And Acts is an amazing book. It gives us the, it's basically the history book of the first century. Christians launching after Christ ascends and goes to heaven to be with his father Um I wanted to, before I got started, I want to give a huge shout out. I don't do this for the numbers, but we just went over 250 downloads. Um, There are people from the Philippines, Japan, Brazil, um, listening to my podcast and following it. And I just wanted to say, you know, I appreciate you guys and the value of God's word. um, I say it unapologetically, man, will transform your mind, your life, your relationships. Um, If you stay in it, stay dedicated to it, you'll really develop an amazing relationship with God through his word. It's powerful, man. So I just want to give a shout out to people across the country who are listening. Um, And yeah, thank you guys. Um, So let's begin Acts chapter 8. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. Okay, so what the church is, is basically the body of believers in Christ. That's what makes up the church. The church is, is the people. Okay, it's not talking about the building right there. In Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Okay, so we see that Saul is attacking Christians, pursuing Christians, pulling them from their homes, throwing them into confinement. Verse 4, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Okay, I want to make mention of something right there. Um So the believers were scattered and preached the good news. It's important to see the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So I want to point out preached. Okay, when you see the word preached, I don't know what your mind gets a picture of, but I want to bring a context to that word preached. Um, And I almost want to replace that word preached um, with lived our word and deed, okay? The believers were scattered and they preached. What, what? How did they preach? They did not just stand up on a podium and proclaim. There wasn't stages, so to speak, in that day and age set up in churches. So what does that mean, preached? Um, what I believe that word preached means there is that their lives bared witness to to Jesus Christ wherever they went that means they they told the truth they loved their neighbors that they gave to those in need um, that their life displayed who Jesus was I don't think it was so much verbally as it was through actions because as we all know actions speak much louder than words um, verse 5 Philip for example went to the city of Samaria And told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip. Because they were eager to hear his message. And see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out. Screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So we see uh, Christ doing awesome things through Philip. okay that's it's awesome that many evil spirits were cast out. I don't personally believe there are you know evil spirits in everybody. you know just because you have a problem does not mean it's an evil spirit. you know it could just be due to you weren't taught life skills. Um, You know, and you just have an issue. So evil spirits, when someone has an evil spirit, I want to make mention of this. There will be clear signs, indications where you can look in the Gospels and find these signs where people begin cutting on themselves, um, murdering people. These are the types of manifestations of evil spirits. You know, think about evil. I mean, evil, that, that is when somebody is possessed, that is in the most extreme form. Think about, possession is fully captivated by an evil spirit. Um, so, it, you know, people who are living in graveyards, uh, supernatural strength, there was, you know, these evil spirits will be accompanied with very extreme actions that are super evil. Um, But not just everybody has an evil spirit. So I just want to make mention of that. And verse 9, continuing forward, A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power of God. Verse 11, they listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. All right, so you will come across these types of people in the church. Um, The sorcerer, um, everybody knows what a fortune teller is. Um, A fortune teller is going to try to dictate your future or tell you about future events, mostly using flattery or things that sound good. Most of these people prey upon emotionally weak people that don't recognize and know the direction of their own lives, so they obviously seek out others to help fill in the missing pieces, so to speak. So the Bible shows us here that there was Simon, he was a sorcerer, claiming to be the great one, using the power of God, Um, and there was many people who listened closely to him. I want to say something and caution you, red flag you, if you come across Christians who are trying to predict your life and tell you about what God wants for you and how he wants it and what you were made for, do not listen to those people. You will find reference to those people who will do those things in Matthew 24. Um, they will be a part of the last day deception. They are trying to deceive you. They will fill you and use flattery and, and you know blow smoke practically. And, and that's what they do. But now, verse 12, the people believe Philip's message... Of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many women and men were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. So we see the conversion of Simon the sorcerer. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. I like I like how Simon was he had the influence in that area. I like how God works. He's or Jesus, you know, the spirit whatever is very awesome how he um, orchestrates these events. So what he did was converted somebody who had great influence in the community. People looked up to him. They were astounded with his magic. So God sends Philip in the message of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. Obviously, Philip carries that message. And so Simon getting baptized makes that outward symbolic um you know, statement to the public that his sins are forgiven and he believes in Jesus and he received the new life. And, you know, Philip doing miracles, signs, creating that following, convincing people that God was with him. And I love this because it's just so strategic how God gets the person and converts the person with influence in that community. Now... Um, all of the sudden, Peter and John show up on the scene. (laughs) So we got to, you know, God's really doing all these awesome things in the beginning church. In verse 15, as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Verse 16, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. So we see, you know, Peter and John, who were full of the Holy Spirit, they were apostles. Um, They had been given great abilities by God. And so we see that Simon was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but he had not yet received uh, the boldness in the power yet. So we got Peter and John asking God to give him the Holy Spirit. Um, And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power too, he exclaimed. Oh, boy, when, anytime you see the gospel and money um, can converting, it's dangerous. He exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. They makes a clear distinction right there that that money does not participate in in god's kingdom it doesn't there's no buying the gifts there's no earning there's none of that gifts are god given they're given to certain people for certain reasons um, so we see the reasons um, obviously it's creating this first century church that's why the miracles are taking place um, in verse 21 you can have no part in this for your heart is not right with god Verse 22, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Verse 24, pray to the Lord for me. Simon exclaimed that these terrible things you've said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. Um, There's a couple things real, real quick to reference in this passage um, where Simon um, was trying to buy the gift of the spirit and, you know, He injected money in purchasing this. And so we see as a result of that wickedness, that's wickedness. um, There is bitter jealousy, evil thoughts, all connected um, with with Simon. And we're going to go on to verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. He's received some divine direction there. Um, verse 27, So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Verse 32, the passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Verse 33, he was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Verse 35, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Verse 36, as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. I love that verse of scripture that the the eunuch um, was reading in Isaiah. So who knows why he was reading Isaiah. Perhaps maybe that was part of his religious duty. Um, But the man of God, Philip, comes along who can clearly interpret scripture in context. And he teaches scripture. Um, He he teaches the the eunuch... um, the, the meaning of the, the sheep that was led to slaughter, which is what Jesus Christ was. He was a sheep because he was humble. He was lowly. He was meek. Um, you know, He did not think of himself as being a great uh, leader, but he, he was humble. <clears throat> and, and Jesus was that sheep that was led to slaughter. And he was silent. He didn't open his mouth and defend himself. Um, And he was humiliated for all to see and his life was taken from earth. That was what happened to Christ and that was foretold years prior to Jesus coming. But, But I believe Philip, it doesn't give exactly the message Philip tells him, but we do get that it's the good news about Jesus Christ. What's the good news about Jesus Christ? That he has the power to remove the sin and the shame from your life. He has the ability to remove the grip of sin that holds every human hostage. He has the ability to change that disease that runs through your blood, that brings about destruction in your mind, in your relationships, in your heart, all of that. That's the good news that Jesus is the son of God and that he can grant you eternal life. That's the message of the gospel. And so the eunuch was like, all right, man, I want that. And we see that baptism is a part of it. Baptism is a huge symbolic part of being a Christian. So Philip being Philip says, let's get down to business, man. I'm going to baptize you. In verse 39, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40, meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Okay, so we see verse 39, they come up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord snatched Philip. That means Philip left the scene. Perhaps he said goodbye. Maybe he didn't, but he was going on to his next mission. You see, the apostles were very mission-based. They were mission-minded um, people that, that you know, God had a very distinct mission for their lives, and that was to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and I want to say, God uses me in a very similar way, um, but we all are unique, and we're not all mission to be early church apostles, guys. So don't try to, uh, you know, repeat and do everything you're seeing. It's not, we don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit's going to work in and through our lives. I see it every day and I get to be a great part of this gospel of Jesus Christ um, in my day in and day out life. It's not something you turn on and turn off. It's not like a performance type of thing it's it's nothing like that guys it just shines through your life day in and day out um but philip here you know he baptizes the eunuch and then he's got to go and it says that the eunuch never even saw him again Uh, meanwhile philip found himself further north at the town of asetos he preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to caesarea so we really see that that Philip has given his entire life to the devotion of the spreading of the good news of Jesus Christ. He went town to town to town telling them, you know, that that Jesus Christ is alive, that he resurrected from the dead. That is also a very key part to the gospel, the good news is that Jesus is still alive. Um he is still working even to the current day. Um, he is still alive. He is still working. I am a witness um, of the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, so that brings chapter 8 to a close. And just wrapping it up, we see you know persecution coming. Persecution scatters the early believers. And the message is being spread through the land. And if you remember, I think it's Matthew 28, Jesus gave the great commission to his apostles was to go into the world, spread the good news. Um and that's what we see being played out right here in the book of Acts. Ultimately, you know, even how does this affect nowadays? Well, nowadays the gospel has gone worldwide. It is currently worldwide. Um Jesus has his people all over the world. Um you know, so we see in the book of Acts how that all began and what they went through in the sacrifice that these people made, man, they are heroes in the faith. You know, we have heroes in America, which, you know, obviously our soldiers who, who make that, that ultimate sacrifice of dying for freedom of our land is wonderful. But we also have another... Um, these, these are men of faith, and they are honorable because they are spreading the, the spiritual freedom, so to speak. Um, there's a natural, which are military, and these are basically the military spiritual men. You know, that's what the apostles were. They were soldiers in the spiritual realm, and they really um, spread that whole hope of Jesus Christ um, through the early day church. Um, And that, like I said, that wraps up chapter eight. I love studying God's word with you. And I love going through God's word chapter by chapter, verse by verse. I look forward to, definitely looking forward to bringing Acts chapter nine to you. Thank you guys for listening.